Hello, everyone, and welcome to Letters from the Inside, Episode 3, the third part in our series where we look at the book of Philippians. I am your host, Tim Hardy. My other host is... Kiara Thorne. Normally, I say your name, and I just kind of awkwardly just put you on the spot like, hey, chime in. What is your name? Yeah. I like that you said my name. So, Kiara Thorne, how are you this morning? It is still morning. Yeah, it is for like a very short amount of time. I'm doing really good. Um, Today is really good for me. I was spending some time with Jesus this morning, and I got totally wrecked. And so then I came to record this podcast. So this could go any way today, but I think it's going to go well either way hopefully. Hopefully you put yourself back together. I mean, gosh, come on. We're trying to do a job here. Nope. (laughs) Still very untogether. So, yeah, any any piecing that's going to come from Jesus today. Yeah, so we are looking in this episode at Philippians chapter 2, because the last one we looked at, Philippians chapter 1, if you did not listen to that episode yet, I encourage you to go listen to it. and. Yeah, so, because I feel like this will probably make a lot more sense if you knew, like, the chapter before going into this. Mm -hmm. That's pretty common sense. But, you know what? If you want to just jump into this episode without listening to that one, we're not going to come and lock you out. I still think you should listen to the last one, but... (laughs) But you're invited to start right here if you want to. Yeah, I mean, I've started in the middle of a comic book series, and that's totally equivalent to reading the Bible. Um, uh, Yeah, so... (laughs) Anyways, um, Kiara, would you like to read Philippians chapter 2? Yeah, absolutely. Just to preface it a little bit, uh, it starts with so. Anytime you see so and therefore in a Bible, in a place, you should probably read what came before it so it can make sense. So uh, if you got a Bible, you should do that ahead of time. I'm not going to do that right now. I'm going to start where it is. But just so you know, listeners, that's a good way to read your Bible. All right. So, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him a name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father. Verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and do for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I'm glad, and I rejoice with you all. Likewise, you should also be glad and rejoice with me. Verse 19. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I may be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father, he has served me with me in the gospel. I hope therefore to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me. And I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. 
I have thought it necessary to send you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, and your messenger and minister to my needs. For he has been longing for you all and has been distressed because you heard that I was ill or that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill, near to death, but God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but also on me, that I should ha not have sorrow upon sorrow. I am more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice seeing him again, and that I may be less anxious. So receive him in the Lord with all joy, and honor such men, for he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. That's chapter two. Good, good chapter. Oh, yeah, it is. I know every week um, you ask me my thoughts, but I think um, because I've said in like previous podcasts, I have a lot of thoughts about this one. This is like probably my favorite chapter in Philippians, this or chapter four. Um, so since I have so many thoughts, I would like to hear your thoughts first. Uh, there, there are a lot. There's a lot in there. And especially since we chose to just tackle the whole chapter at once this time instead of parts and just see what happens, that makes it even harder to come up with the first thing to say because there's just so much i think like in the beginning of that chapter there's talk about like uh like specifically in verse four where there's like a very like love your neighbor as yourself kind of mindset like um in my translation the csv it says um everyone should look out not only for his own interests, but also the interests of others. And I feel like that mindset plays into <clears throat> plays into a lot like here. And it's just a really good observation that even comes up. Um, I mean, throughout the rest of this chapter, like I guess in some ways, if I had to pick an initial thought that ties into the whole chapter, it's kind of that. Like whenever you get to Epaphroditus and all that, but just, there's this real like emphasis and this real impetus on being like we are all connected and in all these like thoughts we're going to look at like it's all kind of bubbling out of that like connectedness like whenever like the greatest or the second greatest commandment love your neighbor as yourself like like there's that idea of looking at your brother and sister like as like yourself kind of like an extension yeah. of yourself like like one body many parts so like i feel like that's when i read this before we recorded like that was the first thing that like stuck out to me that connectedness like in it all yeah i think that you could easily say that's a, a theme in this i mean it's a theme in this book but it's definitely a theme in this chapter like not considering you over everybody else as if you are the only person with needs or your needs are the only needs that matter and then throughout the rest of the chapter Paul just gives like really great examples of that the greatest example of that being Jesus who had the most right out of anybody to consider himself because he was God like he he is God and it said that um he he didn't consider his equality with God something to just be um grasp or held on to um some verses some translations say they don't he didn't consider it robbery um to lay his life down in that way or to lay all that power down and i mean he had the right to as god but he first didn't only consider his interests but consider the interests of others and um he kind of encourages us to do the same thing yeah, which in my uh, translation, like verse six there, the way that it translates it is as something to be exploited, mm. which I really like that wording choice. Like, wow. like Jesus was God, but he didn't view like that equality with God as something to be exploited, but instead he emptied himself. Yeah. Which, which that really ties into this example of like, uh love your neighbor as yourself type mindset like just that whole not worrying about selfish ambition and all that it's like if anybody had a reason to look out the, for their own interests like it's jesus like he's god like he's he is legitimately 
-hmm. above everyone else like any fair proper realistic breakdown of like hierarchy like god is at the top and god himself is like nah it's not about like my own interests but also the interests of others mm -hmm. so if, if that's god's mindset what the heck is our excuse right man i don't know for me this chapter is like the superhero chapter for me as i read it like that's what i feel in my heart because like i um i've been watching a lot of stuff about heroes um during this quarantine because i have a lot of time to watch stuff <laughs> but also on facebook and all social media everybody's like we thank you our essential workers we thank you our nurses we thank you all of the heroes who are out here being with the people and like during this time period there is a lot of talk about real life heroes and the common thread between fictional heroes and real life heroes the best ones is the selflessness that they display that's when we start calling them heroes it's not when they have power because a lot of times the people in the stories that have power and don't practice selflessness are called villains you know i think about thanos in this moment if you watch <laughs> if you watch um in game or any of the marvel stuff then you'll track with this and if you don't watch any of that don't feel bad he was just like the villain that they had been preparing us to see for like 10 years that's that guy. I mean, he's the he, big, he's the big wrinkly purple guy whose mission <laughs> is to get magical jewelry. Right. <laughs> Way to like belittle all of his stuff. Hey, I I am an enormous Marvel fan. I am looking at my really big comic book shelf as I say that. Right. We can call, we can call it what it is. <laughs> I love that. This is such an aside, but I love when people post the things that are like name put a really bad like summary for this show on here in like three sentences that would be the per perfect one wrinkly purple guy goes on a quest for magical jewelry <laughs> <laughs> but anyways i mean he by the end of the movie has immense power like power over time power over power power over um space and all this other kind of stuff and we don't revere him as a hero even he, though he has some values, like we don't respect his values and we don't follow his values because he's the villain. And I think what makes him villainous is that lack of selflessness, the lack of the ability to care about others' interests, even to the detriment of your own self. And that is, I mean, that is Paul, all chapter one, talking about the suffering that he's been experiencing. But then chapter two, encouraging us to be heroes in that same way and then highlighting our number one hero who did this better than anyone else you know it it's i don't know it's interesting for me it is which on that note of like the selfish ambition and all that um when i this morning was reading that in verse three when it says like do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit one thing that stuck out to me was how that ties into the last chapter because in the last chapter and in the last episode we talked about how paul was saying like the people who were possibly preaching out of like selfishness like like literally it's the same wording like in chapter 1 verse 17 mm -hmm. um out of selfish ambition not sincerely like that's like what was being described there by paul but he said like last chapter i don't care if they're doing it out of selfish ambition like as long as the truth is going out um and when i pointed that out last time like you rightly pointed out like like he does care about the motives but like what we're talking we were talking about then is like not worrying about people there like worrying about what you can control but here when he gets to like here in this community like himself those he loves like the church in philippi mm -hmm. he goes into like yeah there might be those people out there who are doing this selfishness and god can still use it but like for us mm -hmm. here do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit but like in humility consider others as more important than yourselves like here like i sometimes see like the joke on a like a format of tweet where it's like in this house we yeah and, it's like, and then it has like the thing that it's like in this house we 
watch Sailor Moon or we whatever. It's like what whatever goofy thing that they're calling out in the tweet. Mm-hmm. Here it's like in this house, um, which I mean I'm referencing a tweet when I could reference scripture when it says me and my household, but Yeah. Right. I, what, but you you see I, you see both parallels. It's fine. Yeah. Why would I see scripture before I see a tweet? But no, um <laughs> is that like in this house, as for me in my household, like right. we're not going to pursue the selfish ambition. Like we're going to mm-hmm. guard our hearts. Like that's, it, it, I can't control what's out there, but we are not going to act that way. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel like, I wonder if all the listeners hear like this internal dad or mom in this moment, like as we're <laughs> saying this, like all your friends can do whatever they want to do, but while you under my roof, while you're in this house, this is what we're going to do. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I've heard that so many times in my life. And I hated it then. Like, I don't know how other kids feel, but back then I felt like I was asking to do legitimate things. Like, can I go over so-and-so's house or can I go out to these places? Or, you know, can I do this? And my mom would be like, your friends can do whatever they want to do. And their parents can help them do whatever they want to do. But as for you, you live here and we going to do something else. And I would just be like, oh, why? But now when I look back, I was like, no, mom, that was some solid wisdom. Because if I, not just like no shade to anybody else's parents or nothing like that, but like if I did what those other people did, then I would reap the harvest that those other people reap. So when I look at like where my life has ended up, I'm really thankful that my mom was like, as for our house, this is what we're going to do. And I think it's the same that Paula's saying here. Like the other people who will preach out of, vain um or selfish ambition they will have to answer for that the gospel will go forth but they'll have to answer for that stuff that they were doing as for you i don't want that to be your reward just as jesus is highly exalted for coming low also you should be exalted with him and i want that for you yeah and i like that after that long example of like the jesus thing like that poem which is so much in that verses like five or six through eleven like that we could dig into like that could be its whole own thing mm-hmm. but like the next verse verse 12 Paul, paul's like therefore my dear friends just as you have always obeyed so now not only my presence but even more my absence work out your own salvation with fear and trembling so like even there it's that theme we're hitting on it's like like here we're gonna do like we're gonna try to follow the example of jesus and it's not an a like obnoxious throw under other people under the bus like i've heard well-meaning people give sermons where like the preachers trying to make a comparison between like their church and other churches that's like not healthy and that is itself out of arrogance Mm -hmm. but like trying to put people down but it's like no like in just this healthy way it's like okay like other people might do whatever but without worrying about what they're doing this is what we're doing like we're going to pursue the lord Um, not ambition not competition but Mm -hmm. pursue the lord yeah and i think what makes this healthy i think what makes this healthy is the fact that this is not exclusive and i guess i mean when i say that what i mean is like everybody is invited to participate in this house like everybody's invited to come be a part of the body of christ and everybody's invited to have the spirit live in them and help them work out their soul salvation um the one of my favorite quotable verses is that the one a few verses down 213 which says for it is god that works in you both to will and to do his perfect pleasures which essentially is saying like god works in you to help you both want to do what he wants to do and to help you do what he wants to do so you don't even have to always figure out why you don't want to do this stuff and like this is not um anything that is specific for a group of people that cannot also be invited to anyone. I can't be a part of another person's house. You know what I'm saying? Like when my mom was like, as for our house, well, I just can't go and join somebody else's house. Everybody can't just come join our house. So everybody couldn't reap the benefits of our house. But here in the same way that Paul is saying, this is what we do in our house. These people are instructed to and invited to bring other people into these house to receive these same kind of benefits that they receive. And I think that's why he can kind of make these comparisons about different behavior in a healthy way, because there's still grace here for anybody 
to make different decisions and come reap these benefits. Yeah. Well, your talk of like the house being big enough just has me thinking about uh, the 90s Christian band Audio Adrenaline. Like it's a big, big house with lots and lots of room. I, I, oh, no, that, absolutely that, not familiar with them. That Never. Is not no, not no your country culture, but for for a white person in the 90s in <laughs> church culture, Audio Adrenaline was one of my jams up there with DC Talk and Georgia Clay. And they, one of their big songs from that era, probably the biggest, is called Big House. And anyone listening to this who was part of that same culture, it, they're hyped that that song just got shouted out right now. <laughs> But yeah, just the like, there's room um, in that. Like, you got to go into it and like join. But there's room if you choose to. Yeah, and there's in like us focusing on like me, especially pointing out a whole bunch. Like, as for me and my household, I think a good like distinction to go back to a verse. I think I already mentioned verse four. Everyone should look out not only for his own interests but also for the interests of others that focusing on your own house like could be taken the wrong way mm -hmm. and be like a, a selfishness. And it's like, no, but that would be ironic and awful. If it's like, we here are going to just focus on the Lord. Like we, we got it here, but it's like, no, like we do mm -hmm. love our neighbor as ourself. It's we're not going to try to micromanage people that God hasn't put in our circles of influence mm -hmm. um, and we can't control what they do we can only ourselves spur one another to abandon selfish ambition and all that but in the midst of that we still need to look out for the interest which that's that's like a real big thing here that i think a lot of us need to remind ourselves of because i think there's a temptation to really focus on the ways that people out there in the world are screwing up. Mm -hmm. But Paul in this letter is saying like the opposite. It's like, we're not like those on the outside. Like we don't need to worry about like trying to micromanage them if they haven't come into like mm -hmm. our body, but then we do still focus on loving them. We focus on loving them uh, in some ways without correcting them and without context, like out of context, that could sound bad. And you know what I'm like really saying, like not that we don't right. stand by truth, right? but, but we're loving our neighbor as ourselves. So whoever's in that house next door, that's not following the same me and my household, we still should behave toward them in a way that's loving them as if they were part of us while not exerting the authority that we don't have because they're not in us. Mm -hmm. If that, oh, that makes sense. No, you're, you're yeah. making sense. Oh, you're making sense. Mm -hmm. Which I think all of us can admit is hard sometimes. And I think a lot of us can admit is especially hard right now as we're all trying to right. navigate this unprecedented like pandemic and figuring out like how that plays out in that way. Right. I think um, one of the things that I respect and appreciate the most about believers, um, like that I've come to appreciate about different people I've met in the church over the years is the ones who don't get stuck in like what should be existing, but also like can acknowledge what does exist in themselves. Um, and like, just don't live in the theory of scripture. And I think um, we're doing a really good job of figuring out how to do that as people mm -hmm. together, like outside of the podcast, like getting to know you, getting to know our church. I feel like we do practice that. And so one of the things I'm thinking about on the, on the one hand is like, we don't want to practice selfish ambition. We don't want to practice vain conceit. We don't want to consider ourselves more highly than we consider other people. And that is the example that Christ sets. But man, Philippians 2.13 is like such a um, healing or like breath of fresh air from my heart because it's like, it is so easy to like not, not practice selfish conceit 
or look out for my own interests when the interest of somebody else benefits me or when the interest of somebody else doesn't harm me. But like, how do I look out for the interest of someone who doesn't benefit me or who doesn't have my best interest at heart? Like I think about um, people who would like, I don't know who would have considered themselves my enemies or, you know, people who like, we don't have a good relationship or who this, we don't naturally like get along or things like that. How, how am I to look out for your interests or people who just hurt my feelings or family members who we don't have a close relationship or anymore, you know, like that kind of thing. We're still instructed to not look out for our own interests, but to care about them as well. But then there's that internal battle. Like, how do I care for those people and still acknowledge the feelings that I have internally that are real? Feelings of hurt, feelings of disappointment, feelings that have led to unforgiveness, which is also healthy. Like, you should practice forgiveness. But those are all real things that keep people from being able to live out these scriptures. And I think it's good for us to talk about for a moment. Yeah. Um just that sort of, um, I don't know, there's a lot there. Yeah, it <laughs> um, is. It is. But you're, you're getting into the whole, like, like, love your enemies, bless those who persecute you territory. Right. Um, but, but then some of the messiness on that of, like, on the one hand, like, there is a level of, like, needing to protect oneself and the healthy ways that that can go about like right. boundaries stuff like yeah that. like avoiding like manipulation and abuse and that kind of thing but then yeah. on the flip side like having genuinely the best interests in mind for even those people like even the people that you have to for like very good valid reasons like limit access to your life or mm -hmm. in the extremest cases possibly cut them out mm -hmm. but like one how careful you need to be in discerning who is in that territory and who isn't and then two the people who you do need to cut out like like what your heart is toward them mm -hmm. and like how you cut them out why yeah. all those things yeah yeah and i think that's something we can all like relate to at least like if not in our current season though i'm sure many like have that but just mm -hmm. throughout our lives just like that and just and also the ways that navigating all this you can realize you had bitterness towards someone you didn't realize was there mm -hmm. and like hurt you didn't realize was there and what you do when that surfaces and, right and i think the scripture highlights this really beautifully when it says work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It is acknowledging that this is not, this is not a theory that you just practice and um, everything is black and white. And in every issue, this is what you do. It's not that at all from moment to moment. We need the spirit of God helping us figure out what to do with this, what to do with this case. What do I do with this other case? You know, and that's part of that working out what that looks like. That's part of like in every effort, making making efforts to do this with your neighbor, you know, that's mm -hmm. part of that. It's not just that there's always a clear black or white answer to how to do this. And I, I respect the Bible so much for acknowledging that as it still gives this commandment, because a lot of people um, feel like the Bible is like really one sided and they don't see like it is a beautifully balanced dichotomy that's fully aware of both sides. It's aware of the fact that this is what is good and true. And it's aware of all the barriers to the things that are good and true. And it doesn't discount one over the other. And I, I love that. Yeah, it's really working in the like messiness and through the messiness and acknowledging it. And uh, yeah, it's out there. When you're, when you're mentioning like the working, what randomly popped into my mind was uh the rihanna song <laughs> <laughs> so i had for, for a second there i had two trains of thought the super serious this is great right train and then like riding alongside of it you gotta work work work, work. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it is it is like following the lord in that like uh forgiveness and that navigating like pain and 
loving your neighbor and uh, having the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who on the cross said, Father, forgive them. Like, that's a lot of work, 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 work. It is. It is. Mm. And of course, there's a dichotomy there because then it's like, um, your work is to believe, you know, and then it's Christ doing the work, but then it's also you have a work to do. So there's like a two sides to that too. Like, am I actually supposed to be working? What does that look like? It looks like allowing the Lord to work through you and you partner with him. You, you and him working together. That's what it looked like. You yeah. know? And that's in that verse 13 that you pointed out more than once. Like, for it is, mm-hmm. a, for it is God, favorite. for it is God who is working in you, both the will and the work according to his good purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, but it still says in 12, like, um, work out your own salvation. So, like, right. there is an element of, like, we can't, like, take our hands off of it. But then verse 13, we do take our hands off. Like, it's yes. in it. We're in it, but we're not driving it, but we're not on autopilot, but we're not yes. the pilot. It's, yes. it's good. It's, I feel like this way that this kind of intersects with sovereignty and free will and all that stuff people stupidly argue over came up last episode too. But so I guess that's just a lot of this, but it's cool because when you're not caught up in the arguing on how that plays out, like, there is a beauty in that mystery and mm-hmm. that tension and that reality of like, it's, it's yes. both. Yes. In my relationship with the Lord, I found that he is all about dichotomies. He's not, he's not binary in the way that people consider that like this or that he is like perfectly balanced. Like when you see him being called both a lion and a lamb, it highlights how he's all about dichotomies, like fully man and fully God, fully mortal and fully immortal at the same, like all of these things exist together. And if you stand like with it right in your face, like that close to it, it can be really confusing. Like, how are you both of these things? How are these things? Like these things are contradicting each other. You can't be a lion and be a lamb. You can't be both powerful and humble at the same time. You can't be meek and powerful at the same time. Like these things don't work together. But if you, if you like allow the spirit to help you take a few steps back, there are so many scriptures that are like, come up here. Let me show you this. Come stand on this mountain with me. Let me show you this. If you allow the spirit to help you back up and look at these things together, You'd be so amazed at how they work perfectly together in tandem and how like you work the same way as a person. You were made in his image and likeness. You have so many beautiful dichotomies to you just as he does. And you miss that if you get caught up on things that just don't matter as much as other things matter. And I think like a lot of like even just my journey in faith has been being able to reach that point of just living in that like mm-hmm. dichotomy and that like messiness and all that and just being like it is what it is and like experiencing it versus debating it or trying to understand it like right. yeah I just kind of think of like if you have like a child and hand them like a video game system or have them ride in a car with you or give them like whatever meal was prepared by scratch whatever thing like they don't understand all the stuff behind it but they're not like i need a like your average child isn't going to be like i need to like break this apart and understand it mm-hmm. in order to um like in experience it like they just kind of experiencing it they experience mm-hmm. it yeah and it's like that it's like that beauty of being able to just experience God and just be like, okay, I don't want to, yeah, like, like my journey has been like moving beyond, I want to understand this seeming contradiction versus I just want to experience it. I don't know what's behind like the veil. I don't, I don't know, whatever. I'm, I'm experiencing it. Just whatever. Yeah. It is, just go it is for it. it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's been a word coming up a lot in this season. Just go for it. And it's not recklessness and it's not um, foolishness, like mindless foolishness. Um, but in some ways it is foolishness. 
It's like the willingness to be foolish in the pursuit of the Lord and in the pursuit of what he's like calling you to and abandoning you to and from. And I feel like that is um, probably a word for a lot of people in the church right now as so many church systems have been kind of disbanded during this time period where we can't do anything the way we used to. We can't gather the way we used to be able to gather. We can't meet or worship or all those different things in the normal way. It's creating so much room for people to like try things in ways they've never done before. And I feel like the Lord is like, come on, let's try it. You got a creative idea. Come on, let's see what we can do with it. You know. I feel like he's yeah. calling the body to that right now. Yeah. And you say foolishness. Um, I had to Google real quick to make sure I remember the reference. But in 1 Corinthians one twenty five, mm-hmm. Paul says, for the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. Like there is that precedent in scripture to use a word like foolishness to describe yep. what God's doing. Um, or like that, like one of my favorite modern worship songs reckless love like Mm -hmm. like there's people um who sometimes like get fixated on that like how can you say god's love is reckless but there's that beauty of that where in a way it is and it's just like Mm -hmm. you just like ride it out and just learn how to be at peace in that yeah Um, and and while you were talking just now about like the like systems and the stuff happening there made me think of like when I was like talking earlier in my example of like the kid and all that a word that I almost used and then didn't was like deconstruct like saying that the kid like deconstructing the food that they're being fed Mm -hmm. because like in this sense like there's this stuff about God that we don't need to like God himself that we don't need to like deconstruct like and like work out like we just experience it and then when we have God as the base then the stuff around it that's like overly certain and trying to force things into boxes Mm -hmm. that stuff can then be deconstructed from the place of that anchor of who god is which deconstruction is a real buzzword with a lot of polarizing thoughts like in this season of american culture and the church but like there's that beauty of when you have that foundation of god and you're not forcing that into a box that is going to break down. Like there's limits that God gave in defining himself, but yeah. like outside of what he himself spoke of himself as, like I am a, who I say I am, like outside of those boundaries that he himself said, like if we don't force these boxes to make sense of things that he hasn't chosen to explain to us, then we don't have to worry about those boxes getting deconstructed and then we can Mm. do the work of what this virus is forcing us to do and rethink and deconstruct our systems and Mm -hmm. work through that and we're more comfortable with that messiness because we have a god who is simultaneously messy but certain Mm. and like and like that's our anchor um, and we can through that point navigate the rest of this whatever Mm. Oh, that's good. Man, God is good. He is. So All the time. <laughs> you know what to say. <laughs> Us talking about this. Man, it's it's bringing up so much stuff for me. But one of the things I think is, I keep thinking about is this whole like last section of Philippians. Where he's oh, talking so we about, are still. First, yeah. For a second there. I was wondering, like, this is all good, but I was starting to wonder if it was a good detour and if we had left Philippians behind. So I'm glad you're bringing this back in. Yay! One point for me. All right. (laughs) Um, It makes me think about this last section where Paul is talking about Timothy. And Paul is lifting this man up. He is hyping Timothy up, but, like, not in any kind of false way. But he's talking about like in in verse 22, he says, but you know, Timothy's proven worth and how as a son with a father, he has served me with the gospel or he has served with me in the gospel. Um, And he's talking about like wanting to send him to you because he's he's the kind of man that's going to look out for your own interests, for your interests genuinely and not selfishly. And man, Paul just has like such an esteem for Timothy and the other guy, Epaphroditus. 
he has such a, an esteem for him and he's like exalting these guys and there's that dichotomy there too like paul is exalting them but he's exalting them because they've come low like because they're willing to um be in sacrificial positions um to be selfless to not be concerned about only their interests but to be concerned about those others is the same thing that happens with jesus like jesus is low and therefore god exalts him timothy came low and therefore paul his father is exalting him epaphroditus his brother is he's doing the same thing with him same kind of things right so that's one side and that is something we can talk about but what i wanted to bring up was the fact that he's talking to timothy and this is something I've never thought about in reading this scripture. As much as I like chapter two, I've never thought about this before until today. Um, Timothy is this same guy who we talk about in the book of in, in the book of Timothy, where we're talking about the scripture that everybody loves to quote, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Like Timothy is this same kid that was so afraid. Timothy is this same kid that Paul encourages in his letter to Timothy to like not let what God has given him kind of just lie dormant, but fan that stuff into flames to go forward, to not be afraid. And this is the same guy who was afraid. And that's why Timothy, that's why Paul said all that stuff to Timothy. And I know this is like a long little section, but for me, as I look at this season and I look at like what I feel like God is calling the body to which is a whole new thing but also calling me to which is like deeper and higher and more scary than i've ever experienced like this is really encouraging me that this timothy that paul is esteeming is the same one who used to be afraid and that is encouraging for me because i'm the kiara that feels very afraid as <laughs> god calls me up into this stuff i know this is like feeling so abstract but we're talking about loving our enemy and loving our neighbors and during this season this is the best time for us to be with our neighbors but for me i have so much fear in my heart concerning neighbors like not my specific neighbors here but neighbors in general because it's neighbors who have hurt me it's neighbors who have taught me in some ways that i should be looking out for my own interests that i should be like more willing to not trust and it's that very same group that the Lord is like, go out there and love them and be with them. And I'm like, Lord, this is crazy. Did that make sense? It did. What I'm going to say is you say like in Timothy, like in the letter, in the letters, Paul says like not to be afraid. And you're making the statement that like the Timothy being talked about here in the letter to the Philippians, like, was afraid. Like, I mean, how do we know that's not the Timothy that he's currently writing about mm. here? Like, still afraid. Like, who? Ooh. I mean, he might, that might be current present tense Timothy, like, still, like, like, timid Tim. And, uh, <laughs> And yet there's still enough in there that Paul is still talking him up. It's like, he's got this problem, but he still is worthy of like all this praise as like a servant of the Lord and mm -hmm. faithful and all that. So yeah, Ooh. it's, this, this is simultaneous possibly in some ways. Man, you don't, I don't, I don't hear that so often. You usually hear people uh, give testimonies of, I used to be this, but now I'm this. And you can move from where you are now to where you were then and be exalted at the new place. But you don't hear testimonies of, I am where I am right now. And God is still exalting me in where I am right now. Like, I still feel afraid. I still have character flaws. I still am in progress. And in that, I'm still a man of genuine concern for other people i'm still a man worthy of exalting like that is not common to hear in the body of christ yeah which is both funny and sad because i feel like that's so much of scripture like right. is examples of that like you look at um 
like the famous Hebrews 11 and how many of those people being praised while doing the acts they were being praised for were goofing up like hardcore. Yeah. Um, though, like, at the same time from what you were saying, like, this is the beauty of, like, that version of the testimony where I was this and then I've gotten through it. Like, that's still a beauty in God's work. Yes that those things can and do happen. And that's something that I have to remind myself of often. Like that is still like a reality and there is still that hope, but that doesn't need to come before the other bit. Like Mm -hmm. in the testimony, like the worthy of like praise for what God's developed in you and like all that stuff and like God's blessings and, like you being used like that does like it's not like we get the order of operations wrong and it's not like that has to come before the other part like it's it's all these different processes and if whatever particular journey with anxiety or with whatever problem like like stress or whatever sin and temptation or whatever lack of discipline whatever thing like like you're like you or I or the listeners dealing with that journey doesn't have to get wrapped up before the next journey starts. Like there's multiple Mm. subplots. All these stories are going together. Like this isn't like when I consume like media, I like movies more than TV shows because I like a standalone movie. You just consume versus having to go through the ongoing like tv show like for entertainment but in a way the journey of faith is more like a tv show than a movie like you don't have this movie where the character is this goes through the hero's journey and at the end they're that and then you have the sequel and the next journey goes it's more like a long-running tv show where all these things come up and down and Mm -hmm. left and right and through it all like all these plot lines are going together and intersect and split apart and it just keeps going right and you don't have to solve the one plot thread before you move on to the next Mm. wow (laughs) that's how you do it i feel like i feel like it just hit me like that's that's how you don't have to consider your own interests before other people's interest mm. because you don't have to be all together like you don't have to be fully taken care of fully complete fully on top and if you don't have that pressure to have to be together to have to figure it out to, you know to have to be in a certain place that you don't have to strive to be in that place and it's the striving to be safe the striving to be all of those things that people value that we humans all humans value it's the striving for those things that make us consider ourselves and not other people it's like like survival in a sense like that just desire to to be okay but if there is space for you to not be okay, then you have the capacity to hear about other people where they're not okay and to help them work through those things. If you yourself have grace to work through those things and not need to be there to be arrived at a place yet. Mm. Yeah. It, it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. It's, I would argue which I would argue very gently. I don't know. <laughs> it sounds like it's healthy to acknowledge that you're not okay. Mm-hmm. And to like acknowledge that there will always be parts of you that are not okay. And those don't discredit the parts that are okay. Like if God has done a real thing in you, then celebrate and don't put on something that he took off you, you know? So like if you were wearing this dirty coat for a long time, you couldn't figure out how to get it off. Then the Lord took it off you. Like, acknowledge that you ain't wearing this coat no more but if your shoes are still messy it's okay like you have messy shoes but also you're coat free like does that make sense that was a weird example no that makes sense that makes makes perfect sense they're both a part of your overall outfit they're both a part of the overall makeup of you and they're both necessary 
Yeah. I, I think what comes to mind, like for me, because like what you're talking about is something that I definitely like understand and relate to a lot. Like, I think what comes to mind in there is some of like the struggle and battle in that is like the whole being okay to not be fully okay yet. It's like you can tell yourself you don't care about like selfish ambition and proving yourself like this was a theme last episode too like not having to prove yourself like you can say that and there might be truth to that but when other people around you have that mindset and are still doing the whole competition game and all that Mm -hmm. as much as that work happens in like your own heart and life it can be hard to then like throw that game aside knowing that if you don't play that game the people around you might still be playing that game and that's Mm. that is a very real hard like struggle to navigate like being like okay I don't care but they care and even though I don't care if they care in a sense I do and don't want to have to deal with that yeah and even if you genuinely don't care there can be a point where you don't care about something but because certain people still care about like have that selfish ambition mindset where there'll be like practical like ways that they will that people will limit you or even harm you because you have the gall of being honest Mm -hmm. so like i don't want to like throw in like that that negative and give an excuse for us or the listeners to then like not pursue honesty but like i want to be real with like that is a real like reality and the whole whole counting the cost and navigating all this like that is unfortunately like part of it like i don't want to give like this romantic idea of like we just need to be honest because i think we do but like there is Mm-hmm. unfortunately wisdom in the process of that because of the reality that exists right um, but then on the flip side that's all the more impetus to in the proper context like find ways to push that way and like like give that public show of it's okay to not be okay like mm. to make progress here and there to allow other people to come along and follow that example yeah so you're you're talking about just having general bravery in different contexts to just be a whole real person that is good in some areas and not good in other areas and doesn't need to hide all of them that doesn't mean that you just need to be showing everybody everything again this is the like i think this is what you're saying like this is the dichotomy of that there is wisdom in all of that but the wisdom shouldn't bind us it shouldn't feel like i'm in bondage to hide these parts of who i am these are not valuable or worthy or these are not me they are um but i'm not a slave to any of that i'm not a slave to these perceptions of me that other people might give me um and I'm not a slave to like needing to be perfect or needing to be good and only good. I don't need to live my life in an Instagram filter. Like I have blemishes, you know what I'm saying? But that is also valuable. Even I think about the end of this chapter um, where Paul is talking about his real fears about his friend dying. Like this man came all this way to see me, to bring me this food and he was sick. And he almost died. And I was like worried that he might die. Um, And I thank God that he didn't. Or I would have had sorrow on sorrow. Um, And so I'm just going to send him to you. So you guys can like see that he's not dead. And I cannot be anxious. In that little section, Paul acknowledged that he felt anxiety. That he felt worry in some ways about his friend dying or not dying. Concern like all of those things that in some other scriptures it's like don't be anxious don't worry so you could be like oh that's a that's a um, contradiction like you said we not we shouldn't be anxious we shouldn't worry but here paul is not bound to that perfectionism in the way we think about it 
so he can acknowledge like i don't have to be bound to the spirit of anxiety where i uh, like anxiety is what is my life but also i feel anxious at sometimes and mm-hmm. i'm still paul an apostle of the lord jesus christ yeah yeah absolutely i think this is so good this is so good and and healing to hear especially like as mental health is coming up more um in the world people are more open about talking about mental health and the body of christ is trying to figure out how do we deal with mental health in relationship to jesus in relationship to our church in relationship to all this stuff these kinds of passages really the whole bible Reading it in this way, I think, gives freedom to that for people to have real issues and it not discredit their salvation or their love for Jesus. Yeah, and I like that way you said that. It, like, it doesn't discredit it. Like, it's it's there. Mm. Like, it's in the way you're describing Paul. Like, it's it doesn't discredit Paul's letter that he says he he had this anxiety. Right. Like, I think I have like one or two other like small things like I could point out in this passage, but I don't know if that's like we don't have to bring everything out. That might be a good point to like come to a close, unless there's other stuff you want to say, but like. No, I feel like this feels right to come to a close. And then, I mean, as we read the scriptures, more and more and more and more stuff is always going to come out, you know? And hopefully Mm -hmm. for the listener, this didn't complete anything for you hopefully it opened up a whole bunch of thoughts that are like well what about this what about this so you can sit with the lord and have your own journey of walking through this word with him because that's what we hope happens more like a series less like a movie Mm, yes (laughs) that's good that's a good um hope this doesn't like complete it like what you said there like that's that's real good um and on that note um we're not going to complete engaging every single thing in the chapter, but we do need to complete this podcast so it doesn't end mid-sentence. So um, <laughs> I, I guess it is my turn to close in prayer. I think I think praying even into some of this stuff will be good. And thank you so much for volunteering to pray. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's pray. Um, Lord. Um, I just thank you for your word and Lord, I thank you for Lord. First and foremost, I thank you for you and who you are, Lord. Um, I thank you for your goodness and I thank you, Lord, for your sovereignty and Lord, I thank you for your compassion and Lord, I thank you that you um, sovereign Lord are also one who humble yourself to come down uh, to us and uh, just thank you Lord for that just thank you for you and Lord I thank you for um, your scripture and I thank you for your word and the way that you speak to us today that uh, even now uh, you come down and speak to us um, through your scripture and through your spirit that you encounter us and that you that you speak, that you are here um, with us and that you encounter and embrace us. And Lord, I pray for um, us. I pray for uh, Kiara and myself and the listener and the non-listeners and just your body, Lord. Um, Mm -hmm. I just pray that you would continue to draw us into yourself and as we are drawn into yourself, that we would be drawn closer to each other as well. And Lord, as we come deeper into you, that you would provide for us in the different ways um, that we still lack and that we would not focus on that, but that we would just keep our eyes on you and uh, rejoice in the process that you are doing and have our identity in you. Um, our identity not in selfish ambition but in you and our identity not in the areas that we lack but in you Mm. Um, and as we come deeper into you i pray that we would also have love and compassion um, to those who are pursuing you with us 
that we would not uh, throw like them under the bus in ways that they still lack yeah. because we yes. lack as well. Um, and Lord, I pray that we also would have compassion for those who are not um, pursuing you, um, that we would not be bitter toward them, but that we would have a heart where we just wish that they were um, in that same experience and journey and that we would live our lives in such a way to bring people along and point people to you and what you have for us. And Lord, just continue to do this work even now in the midst of everything going on. Lord, may this not be a thing that inhibits your sanctifying work, but may it be something that accelerates your yes. uh, sanctifying work. And Lord, I love you and I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's it for Letters from the Inside, episode three, where we looked at Philippians chapter two. And we'll be back next time with episode four, where we will look at chapter three. Um, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you. And I hope that the Lord's uh, presence, not just the cool truths and information of this that we looked at and not just the fun and absolute charming conversation that Kiara and I have. <laughs> um, but I pray that the Lord's presence was with y'all as you listened. Peace.